0: You're listening to, you're listening to,
1: the Homo Homie Podcast. Representing, educating, and unifying our queer comunidad. Also, a gig craft course 101 for the hetero. I'm your host, Eric V. And I'm your co-host, Jose Resendez. A fun kickback podcast for all our homo homies and raza. We invite you to download, stream, and share to to find find out what's what's good in in the hood. Hola, hola, hola. What is up? Welcome to another episode of the Homo Homie Podcast. I'm your host, Eric V, also known as the Homo Homie. And please welcome my sexy co-host, <laughs> Jose Resendez. Ooh, now I'm sexy? Yeah. All of a sudden. <laughs> She's beautiful. <laughs> She's cute. She's popular to boot.
0: <laughs> New president, and all of a sudden, I'm sexy. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right, girl. <laughs> you get it.
0: How was your weekend, by the way?
1: Cute. I spent it indoors as per usual for this pandemic but you know i i wish that i could have gone out and celebrated because um i just celebrated uh my best friend's birthday eric you know eric and Mm. it was his birthday last weekend i just i wish you know we usually go out on the weekends and not only that we could have been celebrating the inauguration for vp harris hey our first black Uh, Asian woman VP in history. So that's an amazing feat. So we could have been celebrating popping bottles and doing all that stuff. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I miss, I definitely miss getting, you know, close to family and friends and our chosen families and just celebrating like all these historical things that have been happening, you know, but it's, it's weird that it's like, it's like a weird parallel. It's like great things, bad things happening. And like, we just can't do nothing about it. We can't like celebrate, you know? And even watching the inauguration with like JLo and Eddie Gaga and everyone's like sitting apart. And you saw how like JLo tried to like, she was like, oh, I wish I could give you a hug right now. Like after she performed, oh, but she I can't, know. you know? Oh,
1: that was so- and they, like,
0: fist, they like fist bump and things like that. Like, it's just so- Everybody was you know, el- it's, el- it's el- sure. elbow
1: bumping and fist bumping. That was the hilarious thing about it. So I was just like, okay. But everybody literally was socializing on that stage did you see like lady gaga with her big bird (laughs) she looked like the the hunger games
2: (laughs) I it
1: was so cute Uh, but
0: yeah i know that you're more like a clubber and like a social you know butterfly when it comes to nightlife uh but even though somebody like me like i still i still miss going out in general like I, i miss going out for dinner i miss late at night i miss like After dinner, you go get a drink with your friends, you know? So just even that part of nightlife, I miss, you know? Yeah. Uh, And so the pandemic, unfortunately, like, has been hitting businesses really hard, especially our queer spaces. I'm I'm trying to keep track of all the clubs and all the bars that are closing or the ones that are fundraising to try to stay alive, uh, which is why I think it's very important that we have this episode.
1: Or even some that are also uh, allocating uh – different places to you know to move their their venues or club spots so that's another thing as well trying to like just stay afloat and to see where they can go you know and we're we're gonna be talking about the nightlife we're gonna uh, dive into what's going on in our community and finding out what's happening and how we can save these safe spaces because these are really important to us which brings us to our main question will we still have a nightlife post-covid right?
0: It's kind of scary, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I think I think we will. It would just be a little bit different. And so to bring clarity to that, uh, we put together this special episode for you guys listening, and I wanted to have three different perspectives. Um, so we're going to go down the list of our three guests for today. Um, we have someone who actually opened a spot during a pandemic. So you're probably thinking like, what? Why would you open a business during a pandemic, especially a nightclub that no one has access to, right? Yeah. So we have Luis Octavio, he's the co-founder of Noah Noah Place, uh, which is an LGBTQ bar slash restaurant in Boyle Heights. Uh and it's themed after Juan Gabriel and he's gonna tell us all about that. Then after him we'll have Melissa B. fierce who we all know, she's like a fierce drag queen. Mm-hmm. She's known mm-hmm. as the Queen of West Hollywood. Uh she was also on season one of Dracula. And so she's gonna talk to us a little bit about How drag queens, you know, from a talent perspective, like, what are they doing? Like, what kind of gigs are they up to? How are they making different strings of income? And then we have your girl, Lola.
2: Hey.
0: uh, Club Papi. I love her meme page. Uh, She is known as the mistress of ceremonies. She's, like, the hostess with the mostest. And she runs uh, LA's only international gay land ex-nightlife event called Club Papi that we all know around the country, by the way.
1: Yeah, and I love it because she brings the hottest go-go boys ever, especially when you go to Tijuana. (laughs) That is off the hook. I got to take you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So after after the break, we're going to listen to our guests. And I know that you had like a special sit down with Lola yourself one-on-one. So Mm -hmm. I can't wait to to hear what you guys talked about.
1: Yeah. So let's get into asking the questions, finding solutions and starting the conversation and saving our queer spaces. Uh, And nightlife scene. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Homo Homie podcast. Hey. And we are back from the break and we're ready to get into things and start talking about the nightlife of of queer spaces and what is going on. And like we said earlier, we mentioned three people that we brought um, to give different perspectives on things. Um, One is opening up a a brand new nightlife spot. Another is a uh, drag talent performer. And another is a promoter that travels around and is also a drag talent performer and a host as well. So um, we have a lot of interesting people on today. I'm very excited to bring them. And our first guest that we have is uh, Luis Octavio from Noah Noah Place.
2: Hey, what is up? Hola, muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much, Eric, Jose. Uh, for allowing me to be a part of your space, thank you, thank you, muchas gracias. De
1: nada, de nada. how are you doing, how's everything going?
2: You know, everything is, uh, is going, I think, and I think that right now it's a very interesting uh, time, it's a, it's a hard time in our history, and you know, first and foremost, I think we, we, we all have to be careful and we all have to be respectful of, of everyone and what everybody is going through and how they're managing this pandemic. No? And so here at Noa Noah, a lot of people would think, you know, what were you thinking? Uh, but the reality of it is that um, I was in a really bad space uh, a couple months ago where I had surgery and casi no la veo on the other side of the, of the tunnel, no? Um, And so I thought, what are some of the things that I haven't done yet? And one of them is, I would love to open a boutique hotel in Mexico. And second, I've always wanted to have a bar or club, pero because of one reason or another, no se pudo. And right now is the time for me.
1: Mm, that's good.
0: I I know that you're uh, an entrepreneur. So this is your first time dipping into hospitality?
2: Yeah, this is absolutely my first time. I have no bar experience, I have no restaurant experience. Um, the experience that I do not have even is, not even as a waiter. Uh, uh, yes, as a waiter see. Uh, I used to work at uh, as a waiter a long time ago. As a matter of fact, that was like my first job. you know, not really knowing anything about the professional side of it or the business side of it. Um, but what I do have experience in is creating experiences. I've done experiential marketing for now over 20 plus years. And, um, and that's what's really helped uh, us survive right now.
0: And you, you, did you get a lot of backlash from people? Not backlash, but like crazy looks, like how, like how dare Lewis try to open a spa during a pandemic? Like out of all the years <laughs> that you could have opened one finally, like you really chose 2020?
2: Pues <laughs> mira, I don't think we got any backlash. Um, I think what we got was, really? You know, like, what, like how, why, right? And so I didn't open this by myself. I would have never been able to do it on my own. Um, and I've always been such a huge fan of supporting each other, of collaborating. And I have a hashtag, que say my hashtag, no envidiosos. So my other two uh, co-owners, Donna G from um, K-Love and uh, Daisy from Milpa Grill, who owns a restaurant here in Boyle Heights, I pitched the idea to them and they uh, at first thought, wait, it's the middle of a pandemic, like... You're nuts. Right. And then I thought um, as I was there in the hospital trying to recover, I thought, you know, if there's ever a good time, I think this might be it. Why? Because a lot of businesses, unfortunately, are closing a lot of bars, a lot of everything is closing. Right. And I thought if if there was ever a time, I think this is it because we would be able to negotiate a really good deal. And that's what happened. That's how we were able to get in here. I have no money. My business partners have, you know, over $100,000, which most of the time is is what costs, that's the cost to open up a small place. Um, none of us have that. None of us have that. But what we do have is we have the, the strength to, to swim against the current, if you will. And more importantly, we love our community. We love our Latino Latinx community. And of course, I love my queer Latinx community. I was tired of having a quote unquote Latino night. We are more than a freaking night. We are queer Latinx people 24 seven. And that's really what what guided us and helped us kind of jump into this in the middle of a pandemic.
1: And I noticed when you guys popped up on the scene on Instagram scene, um, you said about that, you know, you create experiences. And I think what gravitated towards La Gente, era the fact that you, you took a theme de Juan Gabriel and it's Noah Noah. Everybody knows, you know, in the Latinx community that the song and, and what it's based out of and what is Noah Noah place? What is it all about? Tell us.
2: So just as the song says, I mean, if you ever take a, you know, if you ever listen to El Noah Noah and you hear about the space, um, in Juarez, it's, it's an actual bar that existed, right? That is where Juan Gabriel got his first, uh, Opportunity to perform and to really um jump into the entertainment industry. And so when I would hear this song, I would always hear the lyrics, un lugar de ambiente donde todo es diferente, and ambiente is key word, especially in the seventies, uh, eighties for for queer people in Latin America, I mean in Mexico for sure. Um, pero siempre decían, you know, es de ambiente. And so I would think that this song has a lot of a lot of codes in it that uh that if I'm imagining this place, it's a space where the owners would allow all its patrons to really come in and be themselves without judgment. And I felt that mm-hmm. that is why it suited to the name, because we want to open the doors to everyone, not just the, the gay or lesbian or you know, transgender community, but everyone. Who is respectful of each other and wants to genuinely have a good time. So you can come to Noah Noah in your Sunday best and you can come to Noah Noah in your Guaraches. And guess what? You're still going to have a badass time. Um, At least that's what we're hoping for when the pandemic starts to kind of zimmer down and, uh, and we are able to at least have the patio available to people.
1: Yeah, and I, I really can't wait to check out the whole full experience after this pandemic because a lot of our queer spaces have been, uh, you know, affected by pandemic and everything that's going on with it, like the challenges and the changes in, in guidelines. Like how are you guys are adapting to that?
2: So one of the reasons why we are surviving, quote unquote, I think is that we creating this experience right we're only able to have our to go and we call it our to go experience where people can either order online order their pizza tater thoughts or their wings and come pick them up and leave right um five days before we opened we were set to we were scheduled to open on december 5th five days before that we get the new shutdown before we thought okay at least we have the, um, at least we have the patio, at least we're able to create that experience. And we thought, okay, it's going to be great. But then everything happened again, complete shutdown. So we pivot and we're like, let's give people an experience. So we're giving them an experience from the food to the drinks, to the bottles that our drinks leave this building with and also providing them with an experience of them feeling safe so when you come in we measure your temperature we check for temperature we then give you hand sanitizer we allow you to place your order and we only allow a certain number of people inside so that when they're done ordering they can actually take pictures behind one of three different Instagrammable walls we have so that is how it's affected us we weren't thinking that we were only going to do to go we thought we can at least have the patio and give people somewhat of the Noah Noah experience. For
0: the Instagrammable moments that you have uh, curated, can you tell us a little bit about those? Um, did you tap into like local artists or or h- how was that set up? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're a creative person, but was there anybody else involved with those uh, backdrops? Because
2: I see them all over Instagram. So, gracias, gracias. So at the beginning, I think one of our, our biggest, um, one of the biggest things that we wanted to create was a space where, Yes, it's an Instagramable wall, but it meant something to you. It wasn't just an instagramable wall for everyone, right? So I think that, uh, you know, one of our biggest challenges from the very beginning was the budget, we had no budget. So it was like, how can we create a space, make it look cool on a budget. And um, we got these shimmer backdrops that weren't expensive. And then we thought, okay, what do we place in front of them? Already they look cool. So our first Instagrammable wall is our resplandor with the tamal husk leaves. And I've always wanted to create that because I think that for our Latino community, the Virgin Mary or this image of the Virgin Mary is something we grew, we, many of us grew up with. And also religion plays an important role on our queerness, mm-hmm. right? If yeah. our family is not open-minded, we think we're going to go to hell, right? We we, we we know that maybe church doesn't accept us. So how do we take this back? And I thought, let's create a resplandor. And a friend of mine, who I think many of you know, um, Edwin Soto, um, his grandmother had just passed away, and she was the tamalera de la comunidad. And when I thought about this project, the, the one person that always stuck in my head was, we, I have to have Edwin help me create this. I pitched him the idea and he absolutely jumped to it. So it's not just a resplendor, it's something that means so much more to somebody within our community. Then our other wall, which has the balloons, Lo Que Se Ve No Se Pregunta, I think that that was an iconic moment for a lot of queer people when point blank, the reporter asks, Juan Gabriel, is Juan Gabriel gay? And Juan Gabriel responds with this now iconic response: "Lo que se ve no se pregunta." And really, what is that? Who, who cares, right? And then our last wall, which is the corazones, where I'm and I'm, I'm right in front of our Sagrado Corazones. Every single person that's pitched in to this project, because it hasn't only been Daisy, it hasn't only been Donna, it hasn't been only Luis. It's been our families, it's been our friends. It's now been the people who have walked into Noa Noa and, and and continue to tell us. I can see myself parting here. We've put so much heart into the space. Every single detail, if you were to come in here and ask, hey, what does this mean? Or where did you guys get this? Every single piece that's in here is something that we've thought about. It's something that it's important to us. So that's why we created this Corazon backdrop. And I think it's been one of the most popular uh, backdrops that we've had.
0: I can't wait to see how this translates into like, I don't know, t-shirts, merch, you know, like bumper stickers or something. Uh, You
1: know, I'm really excited. The fact that you're also helping and putting in with community and bringing that, you know, sabor or sazon, uh, because it makes a big difference and it makes an impact. You know, um, I noticed that uh, you had Melissa B. Fierce uh, come through and had uh, your grand opening and be one of the top uh, drag uh, performers, entertainers there for you. So what was that like?
2: So... Melissa Befiers is amazing. We happened to find her um, through Instagram, just like you find everything, right? And uh, we reached out and we said, hey, there's this new concept, this is what we're gonna do. And mind you, we reached out to her when we thought we were gonna at least have the patio, okay? And so I said, we're looking to do a brunch on Sundays. It's gonna be called El Brunch de las Recalentadas. We want Latina drag queens and we want them to perform numbers in Spanish. That's what we want them to do. And she's like, oh my God, I love it. Yes, count me in, everything, let's do it. And so opening weekend comes, and of course we're not having brunch because now the patio is closed. So we thought, you know what, just come in. Um, At least you'll be able to greet guests and guests will be able to take pictures and guests will be able to see what this potentially would be. The idea behind bringing in drag queens and once um, Noah Noah Place is able to open, we wanna have drag queens every night. Every night we want to have drag queens. And also, what we want to do is, we want to take into this whole um, thought of El Noa Noa and Juarez being the place where, that gave Juan Gabriel his first opportunity. So we are looking to have Primeriza Nights. So Primeriza Nights, for all those drag queens who are performing for the very first time, we want to give them a platform where they can come and they can do it. We also want to host uh, karaoke nights here. Um, The idea is, again, that this is a place where you can come and have a great time, party, and it doesn't have to be a Latino night, and it doesn't have to be on a Thursday or a Sunday. It could be Friday, it it could be Saturday, it could be Monday, it could be Tuesday, it could be every day of the week and you could just come here and have a good time.
1: Monday through Monday. <laughs>
2: can we pitch you
1: ideas? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm
0: pretty sure you thought of some. Like, are you gonna have like a huanga singing contest, like a huanga night or something? Or like, we can dedicate, we, mean, we, can, we can like dedicate songs to like our crushes that are at the bar.
2: <laughs> I know, right? I mean, there's just so much you can do and we're definitely open to all of these ideas and much more. I mean, we would love to host screenings of La Masdraga. We would love to invite some of the drag queens from La Mastraga. Um, the other thing that we thought about was um, to have a, a, once a year a gala night uh, um, called Los 41, right? Like the Los 41 de Mexico. Uh-huh. For many who don't know the story, this was during the Porfiriato, where the elite um, queer folks of Mexico would have these private parties. And one day it got raided and it was 42 people. And when they showed the list to the president, he saw his son-in-law's name in that list. And so he erased that name to not you know, affect his family and whatnot, and, and it became known as Los 41. Uno. Um, and so all of the names were published, but in reality, there were 42 names. So what we wanna do is, we wanna do an event where we invite 41 people from the community who are making a difference in our queer Latinx community and celebrate them by hosting a party an event where we are acknowledging their work and we are thanking them. Um, so that is something that we want to do as well. And yes, pitch ideas, because at the end of the day, this space is for everyone in our queer Latinx community.
1: And we thank you for that. And we we love that, you know, that you are you are all about inclusivity and just thinking about la gente, you know, and that's the most important thing about when you're creating a space, not only for LGBTQ+, pero para todos. You know, so that we can all get along, and it's it's very difficult to do, and it's not easy. <laughs> but if you have yeah. the right concept, then you should be fine. You know, uh, Jose, you had something to say. You
0: no, know, I was going to make a quick note, but you know, amongst us, um, I just wanted to know your thoughts on this, Lewis So you're you're talking about like having a space that's super inclusive and everyone's welcome to. And so then Eric says his comments and I'm thinking like, Oh, you could bring like your, we could bring like our straight friends and, and our allies that support us and things like that. But then, you know, there's a lot of these bars or clubs, like let's say WeHo for example, um, and even like in Miami, New York, where these uh, straight, where these, uh, like, let's say, like bachelorette parties, or these girls have these these parties, and then they kind of like invade these gay spaces, and they disrespect like drag queens or the go-go dancers, and you know they're just invade, kind of like invading
2: the this gay space. What are your thoughts on that? So I think, Mira, that's a very, I mean, I, I get it, I understand, and I've seen it, right? But if somebody were to approach us and say, hey, this is what we wanna do and we wanna host a bachelorette parties um, at your space, we wouldn't turn it away, but we would give them guidelines and rules and be like, the moment this happens, you're out, right? Because we also don't know that somebody in their family might be queer or that they're an ally or you know, whatever the case might be. But I wanna make sure that first and foremost, that who we created this space for feels, you know, respected, right? That we are not a, let's go and check it out and take pictures. And we're, we're not a, a museum. We're not at the zoo. We're not, you know, that's not who we are. That's not what we're doing here. So I would definitely, when we get to that point, hopefully, um, it, we would want to make sure that we send them guidelines and rules um, just because we want to make sure that everybody feels respected
1: especially when you're in Boyle Heights you better not mess with anybody there <laughs> um,
2: right.
1: I, I wanted to know like you are an entrepreneur you're doing it all, man like i you 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 run Mercado LA which you created uh you also have mm-hmm. um you're, you're partnered with Molcajete Dominguero uh, and nos vemos en el swap Meet. i believe a podcast correct and yes. mm-hmm. um
0: how do you
3: balance it
1: all? Yeah, how do you balance it all? And not only that, like I, I also noticed that you were born in Mexico, so también you were an immigrant. So you're you're doing you're doing it, dude. Like you are making it happen for you in the states, and you are living the American dream.
2: Gracias. Well, mira, I I was born in Mexico. I was born in La Ciudad de Mexico, and uh, my parents immigrated here when I was three years old, and so I came along. Um, we were undocumented for many, many years and then we had an opportunity to, um, to change that status. And so I know first and foremost, the huge privilege that I have, right. I know this huge privilege of being able to, you know, go back to Mexico and visit and, you know, a lot of privilege and I don't want to waste that privilege. And so what I'd like to do is I like to create businesses from things that I see missing in the market. Whenever I feel that we are not represented, I try to create something where we could be represented as Latinos. And so Mercado LA, listen, I love the embroidery that, are, are, um, that comes from Mexico and from Guatemala and from all over Latin America. But, there, but some of the things that I, would, that, that I was finding didn't fit my style. And so I thought, you know what, lo voy a empezar. So I started by putting embroidery on hats and then people love them. And, um, and so that's how Mercado LA started. And then from there we started Globitos, which is a mylar balloon company. And I started that with my business partner, Donna, who's also my business partner here at Noa Noa, And we now have over 25,000 followers or 23,000 or something like that. We are ordering in massive amounts from, um, From overseas to create these balloons that speak to our latinidad that are in spanish and that they that they don't just say feliz cumpleaños right they say happy birthday Eh, they say chingona they say bruja they say taquero mucho um so that all started and all of these projects have always started from not feeling represented in things that i love and that i like um, so again, Molcajete Dominguero, I, at that moment, I was working for an advertising agency and I was traveling all over the country and I happened to stumble across the largest pop-up in the country, which was in Chicago. And, uh, and they had about three different vendors, uh, 300 vendors. And many of the vendors I saw that were selling Latino things and they weren't Latino. And I thought, well, why don't we have shit like this? And then, I thought, and then I saw that the biggest events were Dia de los Muertos. And again, we are not a season. We're not just Dia de los Muertos. Um, and so we started Molcajete Dominguero and that grew quickly to become the largest Latinx pop-up in the country. And there's so many brands that want to be a part of Molcajete to launch their new business. And so that's how I've started these businesses because I saw a need I didn't feel represented and one of the biggest things that I hate is giving my money to these big box retailers when they are not thinking about me as a consumer, but they're happy to take my hard earned money. At least creating these spaces will allow for our own, our own community to invest in our community. And I, and, and, and I, and I wouldn't say I'm living the, the American dream just yet. I am planting seeds. I still live at home. I, I, I'm very blessed that I have my parents that are supporting me. Listen, I'm a I'm 38 years old. I'm going to be 39 this year, and I still live at home. And sometimes no me alcanza ni para pagar mi celular. And, and so I think that people that see from the outside in, they're like, okay, this guy has businesses, they're going well. Yeah. He drives a, a foreign car. Well, that was from my previous life, right? <laughs> and. Um, and I think it's important to mention that. Listen, don't let the appearance fool you. It's not like I'm rolling in cash. I am planting seeds that potentially, hopefully one day will get me there. Right. Will yeah, get me to a yeah. place where I'm able to, to do that.
0: And whether the money is there or not, like you, you're still an inspiration to other, you know, young Latinos who are, are entrepreneurs at, in, in their minds and they want to, you know, experiment and, And launch their businesses because we need more representation um, in the industry across the board, whether it's food or decor, events, spaces. So just know, Luis, that that you are an inspiration and that you're motivating people.
1: Exactly. and gracias por por representar nuestra cultura, from your passion of just wanting that space and, and wanting it there. Because it really shows para la gente, like the generations that are here that like, you know what? it gives more value and appreciation for our culture and for us to tap into it more, you know, and not be ashamed of it.
2: Right. Claro. All right,
0: Louis, before we before we let you go, uh, where, where can people learn more about Noah Noah or like stay tuned to like openings and, and what's happening as far as like the pandemic with Noah Noah and, and people can find you and learn about your businesses?
2: Well, definitely um, find us on Instagram at Noah Noah Place. That is where we have all of the information. We have our menu there, Um, and I think that within the next week or so, we're actually going to launch a GoFundMe campaign because um, one of the things and one of the biggest reasons why we started Noah Noah Place is not just to have one location. For us, it's very important to have these kind of spaces, not in the West Hollywoods and the Castros and the, um, you know, Hillcrest of the United States, But it's important to have them in our communities because we are an intricate part of our communities. We shouldn't have to drive to another neighborhood to enjoy, you know, a place where we feel represented and where we feel safe. So the idea is to um, launch more Noa Noa places across um, Latino communities and I think I don't know when this is gonna air, but um, but I think we are so close to potentially opening up our second location. We are going to need all your support. So we're gonna have a GoFundMe campaign. Por favor, busquenos ahí. And if you wanna see what I'm up to, uh, you can follow me at Nos Vemos en el Suat. Gracias. Yes. Thank you so much, Luis. And we can't wait to go. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ciao.
1: All
0: right. Wow, what a great conversation with Luis. I mean, I- I still i'm thinking like how dare he open a spot during a pandemic right <laughs> uh, i mean I'm pretty sure like like he was saying everybody was giving him crazy looks like what what are you doing but i think there's the the love from the community that keeps them afloat and that keeps them going and so I can't wait to see what they do with with the noah noah space and speaking of noah Noah i know that our next guest uh was like we mentioned was involved
1: yeah you know you don't really know a person until you sit down and talk with them and and find out their story and uh Today we have, for our next guest, we have Melissa B. Fierce. And I didn't know L.A. had a lot of um, houses. I- I'm, I'm starting to learn that this is coming up more oh, and more like and drag, more. like drag houses? Yeah, like drag houses. I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was all New York, like all East Coast. But now it's, oh, it's wow. came over to L.A. So without further ado, I want to introduce a good friend of ours. Uh, I've known Melissa for quite a while now, back in the club days. And here she is. Melissa, be fierce.
3: What's up? What's up, everyone? How's everyone doing? Whoop, 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 whoop in the house. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Girl, we go way back
1: to icon days with Joe Sparks.
3: Oh, my God. I, I Trust me. I remember all those parties and everything. trust me. I remember, I remember all the shenanigans. I know we go way back. <laughs> That's
0: like in
3: the All 80s tr- Like eighties, nineties. Girl, not the eighties. <laughs> uh uh-uh. Oh, he started he started throwing shade over you, girl. We just started. <laughs> we just started. <laughs> we just started, you know. girl. <laughs> How long have you been doing drag? Like give us a timeline. Uh probably twelve years. Wow. For twelve years now, yeah. And um, yeah, it was it's been it's, it's, it's been fun, fun times, fun which, times. Which which club gave you your first like break? Just curious. Uh, I I well I performed my first first time ever at arena and I did uh, Weather Being a Hoochie Bitch by, yeah. a st- by DJ Irene and Stacey Hollywood. I performed. That's like my, my two whole song, by the way. And um, I started there and then from there I started just like doing tea parties. I don't know if you have any other tea parties before? Yes. <laughs> tea part. I did tea parties for quite some time and then I was just like over it. I was like, you know, I, I got to give myself some like a bigger platform for me to like showcase my my art. So that's when I started performing at Oasis in Upland. Started doing competitions and then from where is windowndo 340 and then so and so
1: so you've been active all through the club scene uh performing and, and doing your thing and entertaining you know the queer nightlife as it as you would say and you've also appeared on dragula as well as a contestant and you you were the runner-up runner right uh, I believe it was um in 2016
3: yes 2016 actually you know what uh, last I was it like last week on Saturday, it was a year ago that the the our, our season aired, that the finale aired. Oh, so it was about uh, four years ago. I'm sorry, four years ago that it, the episode aired when we last filmed uh, Dragula.
1: Oh, nice! And now that I know that you have a house of your own, the house of Be Fierce, um, yes. you have your little drag babies with you, and you know you uh-huh. you, you, you look after them. You're the mother. And through this pandemic, how are you guys holding up mentally and emotionally? Because I'm pretty sure it's it's pretty hard.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I always had a group chat with with them. I uh, my always thing is to make sure they're always okay. They're always doing good. But uh, most of the most of my girls are they've all perf- they all performed. So they went from like performing to like nothing, to just like trying to survive. You know, we, because most of us were full-time drag queens mm-hmm. and we went from like, like, like I said, from like working like three, four nights a week to like nothing, you know, to try to like find a way how to survive. So it's been kind of hard, but I think, um, the way kind of we stay together we keep united is by communicating with each other making making sure we're good um if it's not like on the group chat t- text someone else like individually hey are you okay how what's going on with you how you've been quiet in the group chat just to make sure that we're all in the in same page and nothing's going on because i know during this time it's very hard with people who are who, who were used to being social, who used to be being out and about. And like now they're like stuck at home. So it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty, it's tough, take it pretty hard. So I always want to make sure that they're always good and they're not taking stupid stuff or like financially wise too as well. But um, I think that's my my kind of way to, like, making sure that we're all, like, you no know, we'll keep our feet on the ground.
1: That's good. That's like a mother should. You should be taking care of your little chickens, huh? <laughs>
3: yeah. And it, it's tough sometimes, too, because there's times where, like, people don't get along with each other or they they. they... Argue over just like the smallest thing, or disagreeing. Like recently, we had a conversation about politics, and um, and it, it, some people didn't agree with certain things, so it was like a big argument. But then at the end of the day, we are a family, you know. Families argue, they fight, and we all can agree to disagree, which is a good thing. It's a good thing because that's what we can get, get get to understand each other a little bit more and kind of like grow with each other and get to know each other much more.
0: Do you feel, do you feel like the pandemic and the the obstacles that came with the pandemic have have brought you and your family, your house together, like closer, like get to know each other better?
3: Definitely, yeah. Which is more, it's more like uh, getting to know each other more over the phone versus now in person. Cause uh, some of of them, I haven't seen them since we started the whole pandemic. We haven't seen uh, like probably like three or four of them and it's been hard because we, we're used to like hanging out often or or there'll be a night where they'll come you like, hey, Melissa, we have a gig for you. Uh, you can book whoever you want. And then the first first ones to go to be my girls, you know, hey, we have a gig. So I think that's, that's been the only toughest thing. But I think uh, the fact that now we get to check on each other a lot more often now with this whole thing that's going on has brought us definitely a lot, a lot closer and you mentioned
1: gigs so a lot of the drag performers rely on these gigs within the nightlife scene the queer scenes the club scenes and um with the pandemic it like kind of stripped that all away like especially our trans siblings too cuz they are yeah. also performers también like you know we mm-hmm. have uh, tempo we have all the latin x spaces so those and those are slowly going as well we're losing our latin x clubs too our our nightlife yeah. We and are. what's the solution into finding work? Like, how do you guys do it? Because with with RuPaul's Drag Race and how it's it's uh, made the whole drag um, scene grow a lot. You have a lot more drag queens. And so that brings a lot more competition. So how do you make it work?
3: Yes, definitely. Well, since we don't, we're not working at, at, at our gigs, right? Uh, we tried doing the whole live shows but it's just not the same. Uh, it's you don't get the same vibe. And usually, like when you when you're on stage, you you feed off of the the people's energy. You go off of what they get to give you. You know, like when they like the curtains open and you come out, and they're like, oh, they're, they're like they're gagging over what you like what you're serving or or what you're performing to. And versus on on, on Instagram, you have no connection with the audience with the who, whoever's watching you. Or there's times where people will not even log in to watch you. So it, it sucks because then, then you give so much effort, you put in like your time on your makeup, your hair, your costume for people sometimes not to appreciate it. So it, it, that was hard for uh, on my end. And some I know some of my girls as well, because we felt like we were just working. Uh, you're working too hard for nothing. Yeah, and then ev- eventually we kind of were like, okay, we're not gonna just It's not working. And two or three of my girls, they have permanent jobs where, like, right now they're working, so they went back to work. But I know it's me, myself, Starika, like and Nomi that that we were like we were like full time drag queens, and like they literally stripped our, our gigs, or our money, everything. Well, fortunately, we know how to do wigs and costumes. So we, I've been getting uh, messages from different uh, drag queens from out of states who want me to do costumes and wigs, which has been helping me so much during this time, and I'm thankful for it. And that's 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 what that's honestly that's the only thing that's keeping me like busy and bringing like some kind of money into like and like my stuff that i have to spend rent food whatever it is
1: yeah and and you you actually collaborated with uh lewis from Noah Noah's place and so that's also another thing that you're you're finding as well where these little things are popping up out of nowhere during the pandemic
3: yeah um and it's so funny because um one time i was on live and i was doing my makeup i had a gig i was i think i was going to to executive, and uh, during that time, they, um, Morgan was doing shows, but it, of course, it was, everything was very like strict. You know, you had to wear a mask, your tables were separate, you couldn't have certain amount of people in the a, in a table, and it was going fine. And I think I was getting ready for that, and then Noah Noah um, was on my, on my Instagram live, and they were like, hey, we have um we have we wanna talk to you. We're gonna open up a, a spot. And I was like, okay, cool, message me. And then I say I we talked and we were excited because he was he was he wanted to do the same thing. He was he wanted to do a whole show thing and like ready to go. Like of course with the whole social distancing and everything, mask. And with a week before his grand opening, they shut down like completely all kinds of entertainment at, everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And he was just like, like, well, I don't know what to do. You know, it sucks. I don't know what yeah. to do. And then I was like, I don't know. I mean, you let me know. You know, like, I'm here. Whatever you want me to do, like, I'm here. Let me know. And he was like, oh, we're going to have you come. And then it was, it was, it was weird because I was like, I, you know, you can be, you can have so many people in, in one space. Yeah. so it was kind of weird because i had to like kind of like stay in one spot the whole time and kind of greet people but like from far away and like <laughs> if they want to take a picture with me it was from far away so like i couldn't be near them or nothing and it was it was tough and honestly i i i'm glad um Luis opened up this spot because i feel like uh, other other locations like in west hollywood let's say using as an example they don't really have latin nights and if they have a latin night it's only a, a one night thing yep and I, know, and I know Luis wants to do it every single day. So he was excited about that. And that, like, got me excited, too, because, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm Mexican. I, I, I'm, I, love, I love, like, my Mexican heritage and all that stuff. So I wanted to do more Mexican stuff and Latin stuff. But then when that happened, when he called me about that, I was like, damn, like, what am I going to do? So, I mean, we tried it, but it kind of didn't work. And uh, honestly, I'm, I mean, I stay in touch with them. They message me. I talk to Luis here and there, and once in a while. And then I'm just excited to see what what they have in store for for the future for Noanoa. Because I know it's going to be amazing. And I don't know if you have Have you guys checked it out.
1: I haven't been yet, but we are going to go. I want to I want to experience the full thing after we get our vaccine because I just want I want to be there and and just take it all in, you know.
3: It's amazing, like everything. It's so like Latin related, like something like they have like the mascaras, they have the their 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 the with the with the with the drinks, it's 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 amazing, and I'm excited for what they what they're offering for the line coming, I mean, especially in Boyle Heights, right? It's, that's just gonna be it's it's. I mean, you can go any any more line than Boyle Heights. You know, you have East right, right next to it, and then you have it like right next to it too. So I'm I'm just excited for Noah Noah to like once COVID is done. Like, like, let's start working, you know? Yep.
0: Yeah. Is there, um... I know you mentioned earlier that you were doing live shows on social media yes. virtually. Uh, and then you would say, cause I've, I've noticed sometimes I'll tune in to some of these shows and there's barely anybody logged in. Like no one's, no one's online watching, no one's donating mm-hmm. to the Venmo or tipping. And so, like you said, it, it's very discouraging, uh, especially when you live off of the energy from the crowd. So is this like a lesson learned for not, not just you, but, but for talent in general, like drag queens and that are artists, uh, you kind of learn that it is very important for you to build a social media fan base because mm-hmm. if you don't have that social media fan base, um, and it might not be a fan base, but at least a following that you can rely on and you have that audience that they can click on a link or RZP or, or tune in, uh, is that something that kind of like triggered in your mind and you said, you know what, like I got to start focusing more on my social media game, like Instagram?
3: definitely 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 for a while like i was so quiet on my social media i was quiet i wasn't doing anything i was losing my followers like i was losing like so much and eventually i i, I kind of noticed what me being more active on social media would do was kind of affected my and my and my and my following and it, it, it did a lot so i was like okay you know what i gotta i gotta snap out of it i gotta keep active and people want to see what you're doing even though you're not doing anything on states they want to see what you're up to they just want to be entertained by what you bring to like the, your their social media, especially like right now, we, they can go anywhere. So yeah. the only way they can uh, like keep up is social media. Like if you have yeah. a performance that you recorded like one day and you want to show it up, just re- post it up on your social media. People will watch it. And yeah. I'm glad that like this is going on because it makes us feel, appreciate things a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Then what we be, what before would take it for like take for granted of the fact of being on stage, like we'll be like, oh, I don't want to go to work tonight. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like damn, like I wish I would want to work because like now I miss per- performing on stage. But now I have social media where I but you have to stay after or active or else it's just you're gonna lose your following.
1: Yeah, you Yeah. Ahora los ganas son más to, to go out there and and hustle. You know.
3: Uh, yes, ah, yeah. as you see, you see, sí. and and I tried. Um, like they were like like Rocco still tried booking me, but it, it's just not the same at all.
0: I just I'm just thinking about like once these uh, gates open and there's like. Ta-da, we're open like the flooding of like all the gays going to these <laughs> clubs and bars and then everyone trying to get their jobs back like all the mm-hmm. bartenders the go-go dancers the drag queens the MCs the hosts DJs. like there's going to be some real, real competition out there and then you kind of like got to know drag queens from a different perspective throughout the pandemic like he said like through through social media Yeah. so uh, it's like the fittest will survive you know Yeah. Uh, we also saw that you did some collaborations with, with our boy Tony
3: Directs so yes. that has been helping your social media as well, right? Yes, definitely. I gained so many followers too from the last video that I did with them too. And I told her like we gotta keep doing this. It's it's fun. It's it's uh, people were loving it, and I was like, and it felt so good for me to actually leave home in drag to go do something out of my own place. You know, I was like, I even told Tony, I was like, oh, thank you for taking me out of my house. Like, you know, <laughs> usually when I do drag, I'm stuck at home and I can't go anywhere. I have to stay at home. And now that I get to, get the chance to do this video with you, I was like, just take me out. <laughs> Let's do whatever you want. Just take me out. With that being said, like.
1: You're confined in your small space for a period of time and then you have all these emotions, you're you're not working, Um, you're trying to look for work, you're on the gram, you're trying to gain Mm -hmm. your, you know, build your social media. You have Tony Directs who who gets you out and, you know, gives you that little freedom to breathe, which is great. You know, you always have to have those friends there for you. Um, What is one key advice being a mother? your house of be fierce yeah that you would give to others out there like that are doing drag and you know that are coping with the pandemic right now.
3: I would say um, it's to stick to someone who's gonna be like your, your support. You you someone who's gonna like push you. You know, um, right now I, I I've heard so many stories of different drag queens who they just want to give up because of work or they just don't feel like they don't feel motivated to keep on going. I feel I I would say just to stick to someone who knows they're gonna guide them to the right path instead of like. Um, instead of just like them giving up on something that they started. And then I know, I know, and I know a lot of people start drag just because they want to get, get away for fun get in a, a kind of like a, a, a hobby type of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's not a hobby to me. It's my, it's my job. And it's my passion is what I love to do. So I want to, like, I think they should find someone who, who, who they look up to and then they can tag along so they can get motivated and get pushed by that person. Cause, Lord knows how long we're going to be like this you know and I, I think i think we need more artists to be out there and to like keep showing up show, show, showing after what their art and and i would say just like not to not to give up just keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing because you know at you know the, the hard work pays off that's one thing I've, I've always told myself is hard work pays off. And if you work hard, you're going to get to where you wherever you want to be at.
1: So where do I sign up to be uh, one of your drag babies?
3: <laughs> girl, slide into my DMs. I got my high heels, girl. <laughs> uh, I got you, girl.
1: <laughs> you just need to fix this mug because I need my face beat for the gods. Let me tell you, girl, I need a lot of foundation. Need a
3: mug, girl. What's up? Let me know.
1: <laughs> and, and uh you want to shout out your little drag babies that you have right now in the House of Be Fierce?
3: I have so many, but let me make sure I get them all, okay? So I have Aubrey, Maya, Etzarika, Delilah, Nomi, Electra, uh, Janessa, and then I have some boys too, which is Steven, Carlos, Peter, David. Ooh. I think that I think that's it. <laughs> I'm so bad with names. Like I'm like It's all I'm good. Di-
0: I, I try to remember <laughs> as much as I can. So we know that you did Dragula. Yes. Uh, what's next? What's next for, for Melissa B. Fears? Is, is there a return to Dragula? Is is Drag Race next? Um, it, like what are some gigs that you're looking forward to or or what's your next big project that, that we can stay tuned to?
3: Well, definitely my biggest goal is 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 to get on Drag Race. That's like my my thing. I, I I've been wanting to get on Drag Race for a while, but then for a minute I couldn't because I was on a contract with Dragula. And they, you weren't, we weren't allowed to, like, audition to, for any other shows because we were in contract, of course. But now that I'm over with that, I'm just waiting for that moment to happen. I mean, All-Stars 2 for Dragula. It's, it's, and the talks, too, for her after four, season four. So, I mean, who knows? What, whoever yeah. comes first, I'm going to go ahead and take it. You know, I love competitions. I love being on, like, on TV. Are you watching the current season of Drag Race? Yeah. Who are you rooting for? Uh, right now, it's Candy Muse, got Mick and uh, Simone.
1: Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah,
3: and I, I work with all three of them, so I, I know them more personal, personal, okay. personal level. But um, those are my 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 top three right so far because I know them more. But I don't know. I don't know the other girls. I mean, the season just started, so and we really gotta get to yeah. see them together recently. So uh, who knows? Who, who uh, knows if I eventually I, fall in love I'm, with someone? I'm rooting.
0: You know, I'm rooting for the Latina drag queens, and I'm rooting for Candy Muse. I just hope, like, I know that her adi- like her attitude and persona can can come across differently on camera.
3: Yes. So I'm just
0: like hoping that that doesn't like slow her down and doesn't you know get her out. But but we'll see. It's 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 an exciting season, and and we're excited to see what what you what you do in the future as well thank you
3: yeah yeah of course of course i mean that's all i have for now and then whatever comes my way i'm just gonna snatch it up and see where it takes me because i gotta i gotta i gotta make some coins some way somehow gotta work (laughs) gotta stay active you know i'll be like i'll be Uh, like
1: tyra banks we're all rooting for you all of us (laughs) uh uh,
0: where where can people keep in touch with you and where, where can they follow you
3: uh, definitely follow me on my Instagram at Melissa underscore be fears. Uh, my fan page on Melissa is as well. Melissa Be Fears. My Facebook is Melissa Salinas. They blocked me for some reason. They didn't want to let me use my my, my Be Fears last name on it. And I was like, okay, cool. What well, is Melissa Salinas. Um and that's all on my social media for now. No or now. Can't. I do have- <laughs> <laughs> Oh you, you do? Like me, girl. <laughs> wow well, if you want to talk about that. Hey, it's oh, a yeah, side have, hustle. Get it. <laughs> See, I'm all you got me sweating over here, bitch. And shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, I do have us, uh, OnlyFans, and uh, they can find my, my I uh, can find it on my, on my, it's on my Instagram, and my link tree. It's my bio. On my, oh, it's,
0: my, it's hidden, my... it's like all the way down there.
3: Yeah, I was like, oh, scroll, 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 and you'll find it. And really quick, we we're
1: watching, well, we're on a Zoom call, obviously, and we're watching you out of drag. So it's like, okay, it's a rarity that we ever see drag queens out of drag. And yeah. so what is, uh, inst- you know, who's the, the drag persona behind Melissa B. Fierce? What's, what's the
3: name? I don't know. It's... I'm I'm different than what Melissa is. I'm very quiet when it comes to Mil- uh, being Alfredo. I'm like, everyone, when we're in a circle, I'm just like, always like, just kind of like observing everything and like like catching everything. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm Melissa, I'm very like outgoing. I'm, I'm outspoken. I'm out all about, hey, hey girl, how you doing? I'll talk to everybody. Like if I know everybody in the whole world.
1: So Alfred- Alfredo's the introvert and Melissa's the extrovert.
3: <laughs> that part, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There you go. There you go. There you All go.
1: right, baby. Well, thank you so much. I do appreciate uh, you coming on and joining us and having this discussion because it's needed for our community. And, you know, the fact that you, you're you're doing it and you're hustling as much as possible and we commend you for it and thank yes. you for entertaining our community as well. So,
3: Oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I mean, I I follow you guys on my Instagram, so I I keep up with whatever you guys are going out have going on.
1: Ooh, you Jose, you know what we should have? We should do. We should do an episode where he uh, turns us into drag queens.
3: <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. I
0: would
1: love to. I,
0: <laughs> I love, love me. it. I love. I, me I have to much. shave all of my beard. No,
1: oh, <laughs> you can
3: be a bearded queen. <laughs> Okay, yes! Throw some glitter you, on that shit <laughs> Throw some glitter on that shit Call it a day Let's go, honey <laughs> All right, baby All right, thank, thank, you. thank you Bye Thank you, baby Bye-bye Oh, my God Wasn't
1: that such a good conversation With Melissa? I freaking love her And adore her
3: Yeah, it was
0: great to see that Different perspective, especially from a drag queen with a house, you know, someone who's been on television and is a social media influencer and has collaborated with people like Tony directs and, and so on. Like, it's interesting how, you know, you have to fight for your coin. We yeah, have to hustle.
1: Oh yeah, especially when every we're losing everything right now, and like you said earlier about like the bartenders, the the uh, the hosts, the go go dancers, the DJs. Like we're losing, like they're all losing that, so it, it affects yeah. everybody.
0: Yeah. And speaking of hustle, you actually got to sit down and chit chat with your girl, Lola Veronica, who I know from Club Poppy. So I can't wait to hear what y'all about.
1: You know what? I, I love her. I adore her. She's been around for a, a while now and she knows the scene in and out and she's seen the changes that's going on. And um, she's going to lay it down for you guys. And she's going to be uh, explaining about her her Club poppy experience and how she hosts it and how it's like the only Latinx Uh, traveling nightlife event out there so you guys are in for a ride and in for a treat and i'm really excited so awesome all right guys i am really excited to bring on our next guest um i've known this person for many years now and um they hold a very special place to my heart they're very genuine and they've been around the community for a long time um and they know what's up and Without further ado, I'm really happy to present to you Lazaro, as I know him personally, but la mera melera, la chingona, la reina, the host of everything, the, the the what is it called? The mistress of ceremonies, Miss Lola Veronica.
4: Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody's having a wonderful time in this pandemic. I know it's kind of hard and everything is going so crazy, but Let's get going. We're going to start pretty soon hitting the clubs. Yes, hopefully, if there's anything when we come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. That's another question. That's another thing. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll touch on that. Um, So if you guys don't know, I, I want to let you know that, you know, Lola runs and hosts the biggest and hottest traveling LGBTQ Latinx nightlife event in the country called Club Poppy. It is oh, it's one of my favorite clubs to, to attend because they have hot gogo Boys all the time and there's Puro Desmadre. <laughs> and we always have fun. It's always a, a good, fun time in, in the environment that we're in. But how did it start? Like, how, how important is uh, Club Poppy for our queer community?
4: Well, Club Poppy is important because we came, we started when nobody really wanted to do a Latin club, there was no Latin clubs back then. All we had was circus and basically um, circus wasn't even a Latin club. What? It was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a Latin club because it was a Latin club, but it was mostly when I started going to circus, it was Latinos there, but they never specified it was a Latin club because it was always called a disco club.
1: Ah, Okay. Kind of like a studio 54, right?
4: Like a studio 54. Right. You know, it's like circus was always circus circus disco was always a disco club, but nobody ever said circus was a Latin club physically said a Latin club because I never heard it was a Latin club. I knew it was a Latin club because 95% of the people were Latin Mm -hmm. that went there because they all liked the cha-cha music, you know, but um, we, we, we started off as a Latin club and you know, Jamie had, he wanted to always do a Latin club. So, you know, he found me, he saw me that he knew that I was Latin because everybody thinks that I'm white because I'm white. I look so white. You know, they, nobody knows that I'm Cuban, <laughs> Hey, <coño. laughs> but he he hired me to be the host at, at Club Papi. And I said, sure. You know, I had no problems doing it at the time I was working at In-N-Out and I was managing my job with club poppy and traveling and doing all these events that we had planned, you know, we started doing the gay prides and we started doing clubs. We started traveling from, you know, Mexico, Puerto Vallarta, all the way to Seattle, all the way to Houston, all the way to Miami, all the way to, you know, yeah. so, Denver. So literally anywhere.
1: you're like international. And I I know Jamie Awad is um, the creator of club poppy, correct?
4: He is the owner of Club Poppy. Yes, he go. is yeah. the creator and the owner of Club Poppy. And from
1: what I know is that club uh Club Poppy is basically like they they it's an event that jumps around to club to club to club that like hosts different nights, right? correct and um and also they like you mentioned they are part of uh, two of the biggest celebrations the gay prides one in San Francisco and the other one in uh, Long Beach and they have like their you know they host the the Latin tent that they always have there
4: right we do, well, we do West Hollywood too we do okay. the, the well last or well, the year before it was um since West Hollywood pride is so small now yeah they had they had the the latinos mixed in with the with the hip hop tent and it was just a kind of i mean i wasn't there because i had surgery but it was it was a kind of a mess because you know not that it was a mess because i mean it's great that you know I, for me i think pride should be a one pride event not we should not separate everybody like this Mm-hmm. you know pride should be just one event you know we have all the white people all the mexicans all the you know all the latinos all the blacks all the asians all the everybody and under one roof yeah and do it that way that's what a pride's supposed to be you know but to me it's like okay we have you have the the main stage which basically is your white community and then you have your you know your your black stage which is mostly your african-american guys and girls and stuff like that and then you have your latino stage where You have a little bit of everything there, yeah. Basically, oh yeah. You know, well, I mean, you have a little bit. Basically, you basically you have a little bit of everything everywhere. But it would be great if just if Pride was just one huge event, because I know if I was at a Pride, I would like to be one just in one spot and see all the performers on one stage, because sometimes you want to see. You know, Gloria Trevi on this stage, but you don't want to have to run across the street to see, you know,
1: Maya or Maya
4: or whoever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You know, or if I want to see, you know, go to the dance stage and see Christine W perform or go over here and see Anaya Day perform or whoever, you know, I would like to see it just in one stage. Just one stage.
1: That would be a smart idea, but they never do it. They always separate it. They never do it.
4: But I mean, it's great. I mean, it's great that we could do that. I mean, I totally, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Club Puppy always
1: brings uh, great artists like La India. I've seen um, uh, Evie Queen. I've seen Anna Barbara. I've seen just amazing stuff, like amazing artists that come through and support the community. You see the love that they have for our community. It's just amazing.
4: Yes i have worked with uh, absolutely amazing artists uh in my time i've worked from with la india with you know right when gloria Trevi got out damn uh yeah right when she got out of jail you know we worked with her we worked with a lot of artists unknown artists and people were like you know hey why do you guys pick these people? It's like, well, you know, everybody starts off somewhere. Yeah. You know, everybody starts off somewhere. Uh, you know, we've worked with Maria Jose, who is one of the biggest supporter of the gay community. And Edith Marquez and uh, Lara, Lara León. And, oh, my God, the list goes on and on. and on. I heard you worked with um, uh, Pablo Montero, no? Didn't he do one? Pablo Montero worked with us at Long Beach Pride. Mm, okay. Pablo Montero was really nice, uh, super, super, super nice. Um, I mean, I've really, you know, I've really never had any problems with any of the artists, you know. Yeah. Always, they're always welcoming, except for Shari Teen. She's a bitch. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Ay, Dios
1: mío. Ya, te, ya toda la gente under the bus. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, but. There was a little drama with her, but it's okay. okay. I'm over it. Okay, girl.
1: We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so we don't we'll call, it at that. So we don't cause <laughs> any of this right now, Okay? We don't want no <laughs> fifth cut. Exactly. Cuffs.
4: But everybody has been really 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 super supportive. That's of amazing. The, of us. And
1: now uh the different clubs that you guys uh promote at. I mean, we've have um Poppy Boy Fridays. We have Pandulce. We have Club Leche. Um and I think the list goes on. I don't know how many other like little off-club sites do you have, but particularly, like, it's always catering to the Latino crowd, right? I mean, it's for everyone, but it's always catering to the Latino crowd.
4: Correct. That's correct. It's, the club is open to everybody. We accept everybody. And but it's basically a Latin, you know, club. Uh, we travel, you know, we have the Papi Boy Fridays at Mickey's, which uh-huh. is on Friday nights, and then we have Leche, which is which is uh, at Hamburger Mary's on Thursday nights. And then we have another Pan Dulce in San Francisco, which is Bose. And then we have uh, just, I don't know, we have so many clubs. We do we do all <laughs> kinds of things.
1: <laughs> My favorite one is the one in Tijuana.
4: <laughs> oh, that's Papi, what is it called? Papi Cock Friday or Papi Something Friday. Mm. It's That's the dirty one in Tijuana, but... I don't know about that, Eric. Memories, <laughs> memories. <laughs> and, Those are
1: fun. Yeah, yeah. And you're no stranger to an ever-changing scene, and you've, you know, you've seen it all, and been very vocal that uh, I've noticed on your social media uh, about queer spaces and how we're losing them. And some say that you know we really don't need these clubs. That clubs don't make up the gay scene in order for us to socialize in. I mean, what do you say about that?
4: Well. I mean, it's first, first and foremost, I'm very sad about all these clubs that are going down, um, you know, because some of these clubs are actually gay-owned and owners, and, you know, they put in their hard time and soul and blood to get these clubs running and going. Yeah. Um, some of them are owned by straight people, and I guess some of them are actually owned by the actual person. You know, there's, like, Mickey is actually owned by the owner, so. Oh, wow. That one won't disappear. Good. So it's, that's when, that one's going to be there, not us if they sell the land or sell Mickey's. Yeah. But, I mean, Eric, you and I know there's been clubs everywhere. I mean, when I started first going out, I was going to Peanuts. That's no longer there.
1: Oh, man, that's a long time ago. And that. then.
4: Yeah. And then I started doing Robbie's and Pomona's and that's no longer there.
1: I remember that place. It was like a big old at all.
4: <laughs> Robbie's was a, Robbie's was one of the places where I started there doing shows with Linda. And back in the days, her name was Shadana, And then now it's Trini Madel. Uh, I did it with um, Tony, who is my designer for my clothes. And Mario owned the club back then when he had the buffet of the food. And that's where that's where DJ Irene would do the shows. She would DJ downstairs. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because we had the upstairs was the drive show.
1: Uh, DJ Irene, if and nobody knows, she's well known as um, the, like, the hard house music. And-
4: mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's it's really sad that all, we're losing all these clubs. And a lot of it, too, Eric, I think social media has to do a lot with it. Because, I mean, back in the days when we never had social media, we we couldn't wait to get to the club. Mm-hmm. I remember the times when I was working at Circus um, on Tuesday nights. The line was down the street, and when we do our club poppy events, the lines were down the streets and stuff. And people would get there, you know, eight thirty and stand in line when we open the doors at nine o'clock. But now people people don't go out as much because of social media. People just you know. Back then, you would go to the clubs to meet someone, to hook up, to take them home. Yeah. And now you, you don't have to do that. You just get on social media, find your trick, Hey, say, come over. We have a cup of beer. Let's fuck, basically. Yeah. So not, not that many people go out anymore. When people do go out, because usually sometimes they get to the clubs like around anywhere from 11.15 to 11.30. And back then, I remember opening the club, and the club would be packed by 9.30.
1: Yeah, because we would get the flyers, or if not, we would get the text that would say "in free before eleven o'clock," and everybody would rush to go scramble, and the line would be freaking long
4: around the corner. I remember all that. Well, that, that well, they started doing that, and but but see, circus before that used to have two for one drinks. You would buy your drink, and they would give you a coupon for a free drink for another drink of the same kind. You know, so. But I could write. I could actually write a whole book of that place. You know, Let me tell
1: you. Yes. <laughs> and arena,
4: <laughs> and arena. We well, I I was there when we opened up arena. We opened up arena, and Madonna, Madonna did her Truth or Dare party there.
1: Oh, that's right, huh?
4: At arena, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. she did her Truth or Dare party there.
1: Mm-hmm. So post pandemic. <sighs> What do you see for nightlife? Will the, will the you know, will the floodgates open? Will people just rush back to get their jobs again? Do You think people will get back their jobs, or will it be a new process of uh, new hires or a little bit of everything?
4: Well, basically, I think it's going to be a little bit of everything, Eric. I mean, there's going to be some people who would want their jobs back, especially dancers, when that's all they do, and same thing with you know some of the drag queens and performers, that's what's all they do. Uh, hopefully. Um, Hopefully when that time comes that we do open up, Eric, I hope it's, uh, you know, it would be a happy place again, um, you know, to rekindle back with friends and, you know, because I'm a, I'm a person who I don't care what you look like. I don't care. You know, you could be in a wheelchair, whatever, and I'm, I'm the one giving you a hug and a kiss saying, you know, hey, welcome to my club. Yeah. I'm always welcoming people. I don't care what you look like. I don't care if you weigh 500 pounds. I don't care if you, you know, whatever, your handicap or whatever. I accept everybody in my club because, you know what, everybody has a place in that club. I don't care. You know, you go sometimes you go to West Hollywood, and I really don't go to West Hollywood just because I have to work there. But sometimes you go to West Hollywood, and sometimes you don't feel welcome there because maybe because of the way you look, or because you're fat, or because whatever. Because everybody there's a you know wants to be a a, a fashion model or, or, or an or an actor or an actress or whatever, and they're all wearing their Louis Vuittons and they think they're you know that. But like, it it's not it's about like, that.
1: It's literally not it's about not that. It's not about that. Yeah, it
4: isn't. It isn't about that. I mean, you go to the Abbey and everybody's in there like. They don't give you the, the, the second look to even look at you. They'll look at you and go, oh, God, you see that fat ass over there? Or you see that, that cholo over there? Behold your wallet. They might steal it or something. You know, I've, when I started going to West Hollywood and I started going to Rage, I, I remember one day I had, asked, I had asked this guy, I go, would you like, because they were playing Madonna, and I go, would you like to dance? And he stared me up and down and goes, No. And I just said, okay. And I'm like, okay. Well, you know what? Fuck you. So I got up on stage, and I grabbed my whistle and I started blowing it. And I would fucking like dance by myself in Vogue on stage. They used to call me Madonna at Rage because I would do that all the time. I would <laughs> go from straight from the as I walked into the door uh-huh. to the stage and start voguing and whatever. And people wanted to kill me because of that fucking whistle. And I started doing it at Circus when I finally went to circus
1: dang and we lost rage too that was one of the clubs that that, that was um, taken away during the pandemic
4: yeah rage rage was a good club rage was a really good club back in the days yeah it was a really good club
1: and and how are you holding up during pandemic i i noticed that <laughs> you can me be entertained dude like seriously all your memes that you have that you post i keep dying over each one that you put up
4: <laughs> where do you find all that uh, well, people be sending me stuff like that, which is kind of interesting. I mean, you know, Eric, during this pandemic, there's so much stuff going on in this world. And everybody's really, everybody's is going through a very depressed situation. Yeah. You know, everybody is um, depressed or they feel lonely or they feel like they can't do nothing, that like they feel lost sometimes. And you know what? A little laughter sometimes could help somebody you know, and, and could help, you know, open up their spirit and say, Hey, okay, that's fine. That was funny. Because I know some people who, who can't come out, they don't go out because of whatever health problems they have and they stay home because they don't want to catch any illnesses. And at least if they get to see, you know, laughter and people making fun of themselves, it's, it's something to get your mind off of this whole pandemic, um, I'm holding up okay because I'm an essential worker. I have a normal job where I I uh, work in the construction. I don't actually work in the construction field, but I'm working in the. She's not that <laughs> butch. Were, I'm not that butch, but I am. <laughs> no, I work in the construction field where I do accounting and I do, you know, payroll and I do all that stuff, which I'm, I'm in an office in my own little office and stuff like that, which is cool with me. I thank God that we're still working, that yeah. we're not, you know, that we're not laid off or anything like that. I mean, even if, even if, um, you know, I was taking unemployment, I mean, God, I'd probably be making more unemployment than I want to making now.
0: Tell me about you it. Know?
4: <laughs> that first round of employment was amazing. <laughs> Yes, the first one was amazing. And I just kept seeing people just shop like crazy. And it's like, you know, it's like, I would always tell some of the dancers and some of the performers and stuff, I said, you know what, if you're gonna think, if you're gonna just sit there and just do only drag as your job, okay, that's fine. I applaud you. If you're gonna be a dancer, and also all you're gonna do is, you know, dance for the rest of your life and not work a normal job, fine, I applaud you, you know. But I always tell them, no, you make sure you save your money because there's always going to be a rainy day where you're going to have no work, you know? Yep. And and it's the same thing with all these, you know, all these performers doing these shows on, on the internet and stuff like that, collecting money and stuff. You know, that's great. I applaud them too. I did it once just to see. I will never do it again just because, <laughs> just because. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy. I don't know, Eric. It's just one of those things that <laughs> you're like. I'm good where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, it's you know what. I just I just see myself performing to a live audience. Yeah, I want I want to see people's faces. You know, I just can't see uh, looking through a little camera and just having people look at me through a little camera. I just
1: yeah, exactly. I, I no, I know how you feel, and I really, I honestly can't wait until we start getting back to hanging out again just seeing each other i mean every time i see you you're you're always humble you you there's never been a time that you've never said hi to me you've always said hi to me every time i've seen you and you know abrazos. and that's why i love you so mm-hmm. much because you have just a, a genuine caring heart and i honestly can't wait to just be back with nuestro familia you know our queer fam- family mm-hmm. and be in that crowd again and at prides and at the clubs and stuff like that so
4: Yeah, that's, that's especially true, Eric. That's, I want to be back with, you know, my queer family, my people who I love and people who love me, um, which have supported me through all these years of doing drag and doing Club Poppy, which I'm very blessed. Like you said, you know what, I have met millions of people been here there everywhere and my attitude has never changed ever since you've known me Eric yeah it's always stayed the same and I'm blessed for that because I always I never take anything for granted I always I always take everything like you know like it's I cherish everything because you never know one day you'll have it and the next day you'll be gone
1: exactly Lola, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, you know, you know, taking uh, time out of your day to, to be with me and uh, share your thoughts and share your, your perspective on things of our nightlife. And um, where can people find you?
4: Well, they could find me on Facebook, but I'm actually blocked on Facebook for 30 days. Oh, shit. What'd you post? Which is... <laughs> puro Pito? <laughs> no, no, I wish. I wish I could post pu- Puro pito. But um, no, it's they, they blocked me for an old flyer of Club Poppy because the guy was laying down. Oh, snap. For three, 30 days. So it's OK. You can find me on Facebook, which is Lola Veronica, or you could find me on instagram which is lola veronica 66 or you could find me on twitter as lola veronica 66 and you can find me on only fans no, <laughs> no,
1: um, does the uh, club uh, Bo- uh club poppy have a also an instagram handle as well
4: yes club poppy has actually three instagrams they have poppy boy friday they have club poppy events and then they have, oh, my God, we have so many. We have um, Leche at Hamburger Mary's Long Beach. We have Pan Dulce. I'm sure if you just, you hit you know, if you go to Club Poppy event on Instagram, you'll see all the other. They'll all pop up. They'll all pop up. You just hit <laughs> Club Papi and everything pops up. But we have a lot. We have a lot of them. And you could actually, um, if you want to find out when our events are actually happening, you could go to Club Poppy dot com and there's all the all the flyers and all the events and upcoming events that we have coming up but as of right now we have nothing so hopefully soon we're gonna have some big parties
1: crossing my fingers girl crossing my toes yes girl and keeping my legs wide open for when I get back out there <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, to be honest with you, Eric, I mean, ever since this pandemic and I grew my beard out, mm-hmm. she's become, she's become a butch top. So you know how that goes. Oh, snap. Shit.
1: Yeah. I, I know yeah. how that goes. Yes. Look at me. I you did know? the same thing. Ditto, kiddo.
4: Well, I'm ready for you whenever you want it, honey. Let's do it. Oh,
1: shit. Oh, shit. Don't put me on
4: OnlyFans. <laughs> I, I won't put you on OnlyFans, baby. We'll do our own private show together. That's okay. It. Private dancer dancing for money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, mamas. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Again, take care. Love you so much.
4: You too. I love you, Eric. And uh, we'll stay in touch. We'll stay in touch. I love you. Good night, everybody. Everybody stay safe. And please... Please, please, you know what, learn to love each other, learn to respect each other, because our community is really big, but actually it's small. Mm-hmm. We're a small community because we all know each other so well. So keep keep your heads up and just learn to love each other. That's it. All right, guys, there you have it from Lola herself.
1: Wow,
0: I can't believe I missed out on that.
1: I know, <laughs> right? I she has so much insight, so much information. She's been she's been around. She's been in the game for a long time and she knows what's up, you know?
0: So yeah, shout out to Lola Veronica from Club Papi, Melissa B Fears from the House of B Fears, and Luis Octavio from Club Noah Noah Place. Uh make sure to support them. Make sure to follow them uh as you heard their social media plugs. Uh, And give them a follow And just keep supporting Especially people that work in our nightlife Because we want them to be around after COVID
1: Yeah, so stick around guys Because we got some uh, more talking to do And just reflect on what we discussed We'll be right back You're listening to the Homo Homie Podcast (laughs) And we're back
0: <laughs> yeah. Eric, so are you dying to get back into the clubs? Like you're, like your fingers are like twitching or something.
1: Uh, no, my culo is. No, I mean it's.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, those are a different kind of clubs. You're talking <laughs> about the
1: sauna clubs. Oh, shut up, girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you're no, so you're dying, you're no, good. I'm not dying, girl. <laughs> I'm not getting the jitters.
0: <laughs> but here's the reason why I say dying because people are dying. That's why I said dying twice. People are dying. And it's a real thing, this COVID situation. And I know we've talked about it so many times and I'm over it myself. Like we're over it. Like it's still a real thing, but we're all over it in many different ways. And even though we miss the club so much, um, it's not worth it. In my opinion, this is not like the podcast's opinion, but in my opinion, it's just not worth it. And little things like that in life can wait, you know, you been clubbing all your life since you were 21 probably since you were 16 popping your pussy and shit so it's like let your pussy chill like relax like take a take a year off let it breathe you know i
1: started at 19 not
0: 16 (laughs) (laughs) the stripper pole is still gonna be there you can always reset it up later
1: no i know Uh, i know and it's 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 the value of humanity itself that's more important than the outing of yeah. going to those facilities. Although uh, it is, it is um, there there are places that we congregate in order for us to stay connected. That's the whole point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, we can connect. These
0: spaces are rare.
1: Yeah, they are very rare. There's not that many of them to begin
0: with. They're not all over the place, and a lot of times they are together like in little gay districts, mm-hmm. right? Like the Castro or like South Beach or like DuPont Circle in D.C., um, West Hollywood here in L.A. Um, and so these places are, are, are you know, one in a million and, and, and we do have to try to keep them alive because they are safe spaces for us to express our art. They provide a space for us to express ourselves without judgment.
1: Yeah. So... With that being said, uh, let's name a few before we do the moment of silence. We have our dear, dear club that we used to record out of, Club Cobra. And then we also have Rage, Flaming Saddles, Oil Can Harry's, The Gold Coast, Gym Bar, and The Standard Hotel. Which technically was not a club, but it kind of was because it was gay as hell. (laughs) So a quick moment of silence. Okay. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: also there's some that are still staying afloat, right? They're fundraising through their GoFundMes or their different campaigns, even Club Cobra. They have um, an OnlyFans page still that they are running that is on and in because they have all their hot go-go dancers. Um, So go to Club Cobra's Instagram page or Club Chicos. You'll see the link to their OnlyFans. And they are still raising money for their talent and their staff. And you never know, even though it's closed for now, you never know. There might be a comeback. Okay. Uh, But then there's also a couple of other locations that are fundraising, such as the Kitchen, the new Jalisco Bar, uh, the Red Line Bar, Eagle LA. These These are locations and spaces that are trying to stay afloat. So let's make sure to try to support.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the other clubs that are also relocating as well, looking for other spots and venues, which is um, Fault Line uh, Leather Bar, which is my favorite bar because they have beer bus Sundays and you have all the bears there and all the leather daddies. They're so sexy. <laughs> and, all, you know, shout out to Noah Noah's Place and Stash, which are a brand new uh, club events that are being created and, you know, trying to make it happen during this pandemic so that we, we have another place to go to after We get vaccinated.
0: Hey. And as always, you can check out the homohomiepodcast.com to get connected with us. You can follow us across all social platforms there and listen to us across all streaming platforms. We also have our mission page where you can also donate to us to help us keep afloat the podcast where we can continue to spread the word and news about what's happening in the LGBT space. Uh, And don't forget to also drop us a voicemail. And don't forget to share this episode with your fellow drag queens, your fellow go-go dancers, your fellow bartenders, people that are part of this nightlife that might need some motivation, some inspiration, and maybe some even some ideas on how to make uh, income, different forms of income
1: yeah most definitely and just once again i wanted to say thank you to luis octavio melissa b fierce and lola veronica for joining us and sharing their input i want to say thank you to you jose for always sharing our experiences and our opinions on the podcast and also thank you to you the listener who's always there listening and being supportive of us and our community all right guys well take care be good or be good at it but be safe we love you bye
0: Later.